Authority Marketing Machine Podcast. Increase your income. Have a bigger impact. When it comes to becoming your best in all aspects of your life, my next guest has developed a secret formula. After working many years with Stephen R. Covey, who wrote the book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, my next guest took his lifetime of research and experience observing the performance of the world's top 10% of leaders. From here, he wrote the best-selling book, The 12 Principles of Highly Successful Leaders, and now trains corporations, businesses, companies all around the world to achieve their maximum potential. Steve Schallenberger, welcome to Authority Marketing Machine, mate. It's a delight to be here, Brent. I've been looking forward to it, just so I can listen to your accent. (laughs) That's good, mate. Um, So, Steve, I thought we'd just crack straight into it, mate. You're an absolute amazing guy. You've worked with Stephen Covey with the seven habits of effective people. You've you've written your own book, The 12 Habits of Effective Leaders. You've done amazing things. You help people become their best selves. You've got a large business. I was just wondering if you could run us through a bit about your background growing up and the, the things that got you to where you are today. Well, first of all, I want to congratulate you on the splash that you're making in our world. You are shaking and baking, Brent. Way to go. (laughs) I mean, you're using your talents to make a difference, and you have a great community there. You've told me about them and what they're doing, so it's an honor to be with you today. Mate, I love your energy, mate. It's so good to have have a guy like you on. (laughs) Well, let me tell you a little about my background. You asked, and I was raised in the uh, San Francisco Bay Area, Uh, And when I grew up, there were eight people that lived in a 900-square-foot house in my family. When I was 14, my parents were divorced, and I loved both of my parents, of course, but my angel mom was left to raise the four remaining kids. I was one of them that was at home, and then three younger ones, and we were pretty poor. So my first job was working at an Italian restaurant. And I bust uh, tables and wash the dishes. And it was amazing. I loved it. I loved working hard. And then I found a job in my community working with the Vallejo Garbage Company. That was the name of my town. It was an interesting job because it was a very diverse community. I would have to wake up at 4.30 in the morning, drive to the scariest part of town, (laughs) wait in line for somebody not to show up for work. And then I'd take their place. Oh, I've seen that in movies and stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But it paid like three times prevailing wages. So it was a great job. Then when I was 16, I met a man by the name of David Conger. And David was a successful real estate broker in the San Francisco Bay Area, had five real estate offices. And he helped me start my first company. At 16, it was a maintenance service company, Schallenberger Maintenance Service. <laughs> 16, that's, uh, that's bloody fantastic. Oh, it was pretty fun. Started learning a lot of lessons. He, he helped me see a whole new place in the world I hadn't seen before. And he encouraged me to read books like The Richest Man in Babylon, which every one of your listeners should listen to. Best financial advice around. And I started seeing the world differently. He asked if I could go by his house one Saturday. 
to do some jobs for him to help with his house. And I said, well, I'd be delighted to. I drove by and came over the hill, and they're sitting in his driveway in a beautiful home overlooking the bay were two brand-new Cadillacs. Oh, wow. And one of the license plates said, Conger 1. And the <laughs> other license plate said, Conger 2. <laughs> and I, I thought, holy smokes, people live like this? Yeah. So I learned a great deal working with Dave. I went to college, started studying accounting, went on a mission uh, for my church, and ended up uh, serving in South America, in Argentina, in Uruguay, and Paraguay. Came back uh, from that after two years. And as I worked on my college degree, went out and sold books in the United States, door to door. And that was a seriously tough job. Yes. I earned enough money to uh, pay for all of my expenses throughout the school year. And came back and started my first company, which was a marketing company. So at 26, started a marketing company. At 27, purchased my first company. It was a publishing company and a printing company. Yeah. We quickly grew that. And, and that led to a fun career of entrepreneurship. Yeah. Not unlike maybe some of your listeners here today of having to yeah. grow a company and go through the pains of all that's involved with that. And as we grew the company within a few years, had 700 employees. They would come to me and ask, well, how can I be a great sales rep? Or how can I be a top manager? I thought I knew some answers, but I knew there was a lot that I didn't know. And so I started a research that I thought would take a few years. Yes. It ended up taking over 40. <laughs> yeah, okay. It took a long time and I bought and sold companies, but I ended up interviewing over 150 CEOs and studying the lives of two or 300 historical figures that have changed our lives on this planet over the yeah. years. And what I was looking for is what set apart high performing individuals from all the rest. Yeah. And what we discovered is that these people weren't perfect, but they all did 12 things in common. This is what we put in the book, my book, Becoming Your Best, the 12 Principles of Highly Successful Leaders. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Everywhere we found excellence, those were the 12 things that they were using that helped produce this. And So what we found, Brent, is that these are principles that have a predictable result and that anybody can learn learn them and master them. And as they do, they can also create high-performance outcomes and high-performance teams as a leader. And further, what we found, Brent, is that they were principles not just for business, but they applied in our personal life, in our relationships. And they were something that caused excellence wherever you applied them. And that these were the things that leaders do. And that's 40 years or probably more in the making because it sounds like you would have learned some really significant lessons from selling books door to door, having a company as a, you know, a 16 year old man, et cetera. So this to me, just the more you're sort of talking about it, I can see it becoming a, 
a really well-known book into the future, much like The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. So, yeah, that's bloody tremendous, mate. And you mentioned uh, The Seven Habits. Uh, Stephen Covey was one of my college professors. Yeah, wow. So one of the things that entrepreneurs, people that are trying to be successful can do is invite extraordinary people into their life. Yes. And and so as a young businessman, I went to Stephen and I said, here's the company I've formed, I'm organizing, and I'd love to have you come be one of our advisors. We worked out a deal. This is long before he had published the Seven Habits book, but he was already working on all the principles. And uh, he said, I'd be delighted to. And so he ended up serving on my board for 17 years. I served on his board for five years. Ultimately, I remember the board meeting when the first book came out, the very first book, Seven Habits of Highly Successful People. Yeah. It was a very touching meeting because he said, I have the feeling that this will touch people all over the world. Uh, oh, absolutely. I had no idea about how that's a great thing to be a part of, for sure. Yeah. Well, but that gave me the opportunity as I worked with him to also travel all over the world because I ended up heading up some of his international groups. And But their book, their, what they do is uh, different than the becoming your best. Yeah. The becoming your best is not based on the seven habits of highly successful people. It's based on the 40 years of research. Yeah, that you've done. Yeah, for sure. That's, uh... And I'm not discounting that. I'd encourage every person to read that. It's a great book. But this is oh. different. And, and now we teach these 12 principles of becoming your best, of highly successful leaders all over the world. And it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> it sounds like a, a lifetime of fun and, and learning, you know, as you go. So I bet it was an amazing journey and probably continues to be. Very much so. Yeah, we're having fun. Can you run me through sort of what your business model is around being your best self and, and, and how, how you've created it to be such a large worldwide entity by leveraging a team and and stuff like that? As we've gone around and as we've talked with many extraordinary organizations, worked with wonderful people, it it really is we zero in, any organization really has to get their message down to a simple way to communicate it. And the simple way for us to communicate how to make other people the heroes, the CEOs, the owners, the entrepreneurs, the warehouse person, the salesperson, they're the heroes. And so the power is in the principles. So as yeah. we look at what is really made available to these wonderful people, it is these three words, people, culture, and strategy. Yeah. And it always starts with the people. And when we can unleash the potential Of the individuals in our organizations, magic happens. Really great things happen. And so the 12 principles of highly successful leaders does just that. It unleashes the best that people have to give. And as people start really unleashing this potential, it starts impacting the culture of a team, an organization, and even a family. 
And so now what happens is you start developing high-performance cultures, and then what we do is we have a strategy that helps align from top to bottom that focus so excellence can be the sustainable outcome, the disrupting disrupting outcome, (laughs) because we have a hugely disruptive world. Things are happening so fast and right? So it needs to become part of the recipe so that it almost happens automatically. Is that what you're saying? It's part of the disruption. Yeah, great. I love that. As people master these 12 principles and it becomes not just the people but the culture, it starts getting into the DNA in a way to do things. And then you're right. The organizations and individuals that apply it, they are the ones doing the disrupting. I've learned that through my own businesses of having a dysfunctional team uh, and then a a high-performance team. It's an exponential upside once you figure that out, you know, (laughs) like it's just chalk and cheese. I can identify that unbelievably. So, yeah, I I just love what you're saying. It, It makes so much sense. Right. So in your experience, obviously when you started on this journey, it started off at, at one size, like a smaller size, and now it's worldwide. How did you cope with that growth or how did you plan that growth? Because I work with a lot of people that are starting in, in a smaller place and we're looking to get them to a, a bigger place through you know, using high-performing teams and leveraging systems and stuff like that. How did you go about doing that for your business as it is now? I had the good fortune of going to Harvard Business School, and I'll mm-hmm. never forget one of the first days in class, the professor walked up to the board and drew a number of graphs or charts. He put some initials up there. So, for example, one of the initials were rocket with a short fuse <laughs> <laughs> and a rocket with no fuse. You light it, and bam, it blows up, and you have a, another rocket that uh, takes off and then hits the ground. Then he had another one, rocket and all heck breaks loose. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, when you start an organization, you'd like to think you can have a perfect rollout, but it rarely ends up that way. Absolutely. I've had companies that it's taken a number of years to really have everything start hitting and breaking that tipping point. Uh, yeah. I've had others that have been very rapid growth from the get-go, and I've had some that have had a short life. The product didn't pan out like you thought it might, and or that it, you had great success early on, and then it, it was done. Conditions had changed in the marketplace. Yeah. So yeah. The answer to that has a lot to do with not only living these 12 principles, and we can talk about a few of those, but also realizing that there are some basic fundamentals that will help your organization be successful. So you're an entrepreneur, you're going to have an idea. And one of the typical models of entrepreneurship is that people go right from the idea to execution. And we call that FFF, formula for failure. (laughs) And so what we recommend is that you put a little process in between that when you have the idea, 
that you actually do a few things before you execute. Yeah. And you think about it, you test it, and then you work on the launch, and then you roll it out. So uh, there's a number of things when you test it, it means that rather than writing this elaborate business plan, you actually go out and talk with 50 or 100 customers. Yeah, for sure. It's crucial for a starting point. It is. And test the price on them and, and show them the, what your product idea is. And people will start telling you immediately. And then the key thing is to pivot, to make adjustments towards what you see is going on in the marketplace. What are they telling you? And, and what are the problems that you need and the solutions that would be helpful for them? Yeah, that's that's the first thing we do with our clients is focus on real customers and their real problems so that you can, like you said, pivot and make the product more specific or the service more specific to actually help the person. You know what I mean? So if you're focusing on who you want to help, it sets you up for success in immeasurable ways in my experience. So No, that's well described, Brent. That's spot on. And then as you're refining the product, and, and this is an ongoing process, we love this little saying that you nail it before you scale it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> and so essentially what this is, understand what produces a success with your product. Mm. If it's sales, you know that you have to make so many calls to make so many presentations to make so many closes and that you're going to have this average sale and that you can make this much money. And if you can do that repeatedly, that means you understand the process and you don't want to invest too much until you have these kind of things in place. And then once you have this in place, then launch it. Initially, in the nail process where you're nailing it, use a rifle approach, a bullet. And then once you think you've got this thing nailed, then you you can use a cannon. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And that's sort of the same thing with advertising and stuff like that. It's like get your foundation set so you know that it works. Yeah. And then just put a couple of turbochargers on attracting people to that you know, system so that you you know that it's not going to break or crumble or fall down or give you a bad reputation in the marketplace, which is now then scale. That's, uh, I, I like that. <laughs> I like that, mate. That's oh, thank great. you. Good. As far as the leadership side, you know, that's kind of the entrepreneur side. And then the leadership side, these are these 12 principles. It's the spirit of becoming your best, which is essentially the fact that we simply will not be complacent. Yeah. In other words, we realize that this is a, a mindset, but it's also a skill set. So becoming your best is a mindset. And one of my very favorite quotes is good, better, best, never let it rest. Till the yeah. good is better and the better is best. And yeah. we invite every single person that comes to one of our seminars to memorize that in 30 seconds. And uh, because that's the mindset, it's always working on your good, better, best, and we never let it rest. And it's the very fact that we ask that question, what does my good look like? What does my best look like? 
that allows us to work towards that. But it's not just the mindset. It is also the skill set. And Grant, one of the things we frequently ask is, well, of those two, which one's most important? Well, I suppose you can acquire more skills, but you you do need the mindset to be able to drive yourself to get them. They are both important, that's for sure. What's what's your answer? (laughs) Yeah, you hit it spot on. That's why I like talking to Brent Clayton. He's so smart, man. He gets it. He's like, no, that's it exactly. And so it's the mindset that's most important. It's being able to conceive of the possibilities. And so often people sell themselves short and they don't really acknowledge their true potential. That was a question I was going to ask you, Steve. So in your sort of experience, because you've got a great deal, so what, what do you think it is about people that leads them to resist wanting to be, you know, in the top percentage or resist being their best self or their high performance? What is it, do you think? Uh, well, I think uh, there's a lot of reasons for that, but it's interesting. If you look at a child and you give that child a present, say at Christmas or their birthday, uh, and you go away and come back a few minutes later, they rip that gift open and you look around again and guess what they're playing with? The paper. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're playing with the box. You know, yeah. their minds are so wide open and so curious about everything. But it's very interesting that the average person is told no 180,000 times by the time they're 18 years old. Wow. No, no, you can't do it. No, we can't afford it. Uh, No, our family doesn't do it that way. And it's over and over and over. And then you look at the newspapers and every day and all the negative stuff, people start getting conditioned. They can't do it. Yeah, that's like 30 times a day. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, it's tons. And it doesn't stop. The barrage of negativity is enormous. So we have to break through that. We have to push through it and say, hold it. Highly successful leaders. And by the way, every single one of your listeners is a leader. If nothing else, they're leading their own life. But this is the tangible and intangible force that causes success, leadership. Yep. And like, I agree with everything you're saying. And I know a lot of people listening to this sort of stuff, they're programmed to not believe it automatically. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah, totally. And so how do you break through that? Well, these are part of the the habits of highly successful leaders. They're the things they do. They're saying, hold it. I am going to have a becoming your best mindset. I'm no longer going to be sitting around down there by the dock with seagulls. I'm going to <laughs> soar like an eagle. I'm going to get up there and soar and think differently. And so I'll tell you a few of the 12 principles of highly successful leaders. Would that be yeah, okay? That'd be absolutely fantastic, Steve. One of them is that highly successful leaders lead with a vision. In other words, you will either lead a life by design or you will live a life by default. And highly successful leaders take the high road. They say, hold it. I realize if I'm going to be successful, I need to create that vision. And every single one of us are blessed with an imagination. 
And so we can each innovate with that imagination. And so if you think about your vision, here is a great way to do it. Your listeners can just take a sheet of paper and put down their various roles in life. Okay, and one of those roles, as you go down the column, the left-hand side would be your own life, personal, so mental, physical, spiritual, emotional, and financial. Another one might be a parent or a son or a daughter. Another might be uh, recruiting firefighters, (laughs) being the best in the world, right? That's a role you have. Another might be a friend. But another one that I would recommend is the word dream. That's a role in itself. And it's the, the other ones are kind of character traits or things you do. For example, I am healthy and fit. Yeah. Another is, let's say you're a spouse. I treat my wife like a 10. <laughs> That's good. That's a good one that uh, should go both ways and everyone should aspire to do. Do you know what I mean? Like Right. And so you... And if you want a few ways to think about this, think about some mentors in your life that have totally inspired you. What were they like? And you start thinking of some descriptions for your own life. We have five boys. And finally, we had a girl. When our boys were growing up, we have here close by a 4th of July, which is the Day of Independence for the United States Celebration. And it's in our football stadium where 50,000 people can go and we have a concert and it's a fun and we have fireworks. It's a big deal. The Stadium of Fire is the name of it. And <laughs> we start that off with a flyover of F-16s. I oh, love that sort of thing. Yeah. And two of our boys, when they were 14 and 16, were sitting next to each other. This is like maybe 20 years ago. And when these F-16s roared over the stadium, shook everything, they looked at each other and they said, someday we are going to pilot those planes over this stadium. That's a good dream or a good aspiration, man. That is a great dream. You're right. And it was a good thing they said it because mm. one of the, the older son was flunking out of school. Yep. <laughs> and... He was in trouble. (laughs) This changed everything. He realized if he is going to be an F-16 pilot, he needed to graduate. He needed to go to college. He needed to have good grades and really apply himself. Well, the short of it was seven years ago, those two boys flew those F-16s over the stadium together. That is... (laughs) Off its tits. <laughs> that makes me hair stand up a little bit, that sort of stuff. I know. It's wonderful. That's the mindset and skill thing right there as well. Yes, it is. Perfect. Perfect description, Brent. And so that is the power of having ideas. So that's one of them. Every, every highly successful leader, whether it's their family, whether it's their own life, whether it's their organization or a team, They create the vision that's inspiring and passionate. And a good description about a vision is it provides leadership in the absence of supervision. Yeah, that's probably one of the best descriptions I've I've heard. So can you just say that again, Steve? I liked it so much. Yes, yeah, sure. A great vision provides leadership in the absence of supervision. 
That's a bloody ripper. Yep. Yeah, great. Oh, another one is this one, because you talked about it a little bit in your comments, is that highly successful leaders apply the power of knowledge. Now, you can't apply something that you don't have. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) And so we found that highly successful leaders are voracious learners and readers. Yep. So great leaders are readers even a book a month. And so this is a common thread we see. They're always hungry. They're always learning. They're reading magazines. They're listening to podcasts like you, you know, like your listeners are. That's one yeah. of the things. And then they apply that learning so that they can be more successful as a leader, as a manager, uh, positioning their business. Oh, uh, I think that's a really significant one. And it, it's popped up over and over and over again throughout my life. And and one of the really specific things that I think is inside of that one is that read then apply. Like it's good to read and you'll know a lot of things, but even if you applied it like a, a minute percentage of what you've learned, you will win just through that. So when I work with people, it's it's about the application of the knowledge that gets the wins. Like I know myself years ago, I knew I had to do something or should do something, but it was when I applied that knowledge and actually took the action that I got, you know, the magical exponential results from that. Right. Well, I like Brent Clayton. <laughs> He's a fun guy. <laughs> It'd be fun to work with you. You know, I know we're coming to the end of our visit here and it always goes so fast, but one resource that may be helpful for your listeners is we recently launched an online, a Becoming Your Best online university. Awesome. And there are a number of free resources, uh, courses, five things you can do to hire the right people. Yeah, well, that's going to be worthwhile in itself. Yeah. Another one is how to have a great year. And it actually takes three of these principles from the book, lead with the vision, manage with the plan, and prioritize your time, and helps you see how to put those three together so that you consistently do what matters most. I love it. That's awesome, Steve. Uh, look, where, where can people find that? All you have to do is go to our website on becomingyourbest.com. Oh, that's, that's nice and easy, mate. I've just got one more question I'd like to ask you to wrap up, if that's okay, mate. Yes, sure. If you were able to give your 18-year-old self one piece of advice, what would it be? I know you had a business and that when you were 16, but if you could go back and give the 18-year-old guy one bit of advice, what would it be? Oh, I love it. That's a good question. I would think there's going to be a lot. You know, you have to do the right things like we're talking about. Yeah. So, you know, reading a book like the one, like Becoming Your Best or Seven Habits, some of these that we've talked about are The Richest Man in Babylon. Reading good books, those will certainly be a a big help. And so these 12 principles we've talked about, I I just want to give inspiration to your people. They're game changers. They are game changers and they work every time because they're principles. And this book is not about me. It's not about Steve Schallenberger. (laughs) It's about the power of the principles and what it can do for you and your listeners. And for me, nobody's exempt. You know, I, I'm, a, I'm a young guy, 
right now. Like our son, one of the F-16s, Rob, is our CEO. Uh, And I'm a, I'm 68 young. Yeah, you're killing it. I'm in prime, prime of my life right now. But I suspect that these principles will still be helping me 20 years from now as I'm working on becoming my best. Absolutely. And I think they'll be working uh, for generations to come. I I love fundamental principles. And uh, yeah, I I couldn't agree more with absolutely everything we've covered today, Steve. I really. Here's the one, Brett. The one, the one. Here it comes. Principle number 12 never give up. (laughs) I I love (laughs) that. I need to tell you, it's tough out there. And you just, (laughs) even though you may get knocked down and things can get discouraging sometimes. Just keep learning from those mistakes and the failure. Keep getting back up as quick as you get knocked down and just say, I am not going to give up. I will keep in the game because it's just when it turns darkest that the greatest success is right around the corner and the greatest happiness and joy will come. So that's one thing I would suggest. Just never give up. Stay in there. I'm with you, Steve, and I reckon that is one of the best bits of advice that I give to people. And like you just said, sometimes it gets sort of darker before it gets really light. And and yeah, so thanks very much for that bit of advice, mate. That's tremendous. Well, great. Well, it's been a delight to be with you. I, I hope your listeners enjoy some of these resources we have at becomingyourbest.com. There's some fun ones there. And and so fun to visit with you. Uh, I can tell you're such a such a winner, man. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Steve. I've really enjoyed our time together, mate. I wish you the best of luck into the future. And, yeah, thanks again for coming on, mate. Okay, best to you. Cheers, mate. Have a good one. See ya. Okay, bye-bye. Learn more about the Authority Marketing Machine framework by visiting authoritymarketingmachine.com.au. 